Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. We are back today with another episode of our Ballin' Abroad series. These are stories from people within our organization and uh, people we know as well who have played basketball professionally after their careers overseas and the crazy stories that seem to come from these ventures. So joining me today on this podcast, uh, all the way out in Denver, Colorado, is our PSB Denver director, Ross Schrader. Welcome to the podcast, Ross. Thank you for having me. It is good to have you back on here. So to my knowledge, uh, I'm told that you have some interesting stories for us here today. So why don't you tell us a little bit first just about how long you played overseas, where you played at, and then, yeah, jump right into it. Entertain me. I'm looking forward to it. Sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, I played for uh, six seasons after college, mm-hmm. uh, mainly in Spain. I played six full seasons in Spain, and then I had uh, a couple of brief stints in Italy for a couple months at a time, kind mm-hmm. of. At the end of seasons, after our season had ended in Spain, got picked up by another team, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, had obviously just a, a great time overall. Uh, it was you know a lot of fun, uh, great experiences, learning new culture, new language, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, my story uh, comes from uh, my time in Italy, which was my first time overseas. I actually was uh, a little bit unique of when I went over there. I finished my last year of college uh, I, I had redshirted in college so it was my fifth year so i was already graduated okay uh we, we finished our season in march and i was over in italy by the beginning of april to finish out a season there i had an italian passport so it was a little easier for me to get a job over there so that wasn't um, your that wasn't quickly. your first full season you were you were jumping that was, in on that the was, end yeah exactly which uh led to some challenges let's okay. just say that um <laughs> It was uh, looking back on it. It was uh, probably not the best situation to go into uh, mm-hmm. as a as a rookie who had never been overseas and jumping into the end of the season to a team in the middle of a playoff race. Um, and the interesting thing was the team I was going to. Uh, they had three of their no four of their foreign players. They had okay um, a few American. I think three Americans and another guy who was uh, an African guy. Um, so there was and, no American uh, limit. Everyone keeps telling me there's limits well, to American. Well, th- th- there is, but they so some of those guys had passports. Okay, so that that was that ah, was the thing. Okay, so okay. The, the the African guy was actually had an African passport. It was Romain Sato. He played at Xavier. Okay, um, I think he probably grew up in the states, um, but uh, he was you know not considered an American. Mm-hmm. We had another guy who had a, an Italian passport as well. He wasn't considered an American. Then there were two actual Americans. Okay, and um, so. Anyway, three of them uh, got into a car accident uh, right before I got there, and two of them were hurt, couldn't play the rest of the year. Mm. And then Romain Sato, who was the leading scorer in the league, uh, he broke his hand right before I got there. And so they had basically four guys out, and they were like sitting in that last spot for the playoff race a month ago, three regular season games left. They brought me in. Uh, and they bring me in as like the, you know, they're like counting me as the savior. I didn't know what was you going on. You are the savior. I, I, like, That's what I was, I was picturing I was, I was, here. You're coming in as the savior of this team. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I literally had been in Europe for two days. It was the first time I'd ever been there. I, I I totally didn't get off. Like when I took the train to the town I was going to, I'm like standing at the door with all my bags of the train. I didn't know you had to like press the button to open the door. <laughs> and so like the train just left my station. I was like, just right oh. in front of you. Right in front of me. Okay. No, no, no. So, like, no, I was actually on the train. Oh, okay, and, okay. And I was trying to get off. Oh. Waiting for me at that town. And so I 
got on the phone. I was like, hey, I'm going to the next town. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't realize what I had to do to get off the train. Okay. And um, so start. anyway. Bad start. Bad start. Yeah, I go in. I, I, I played a ton. I mean, first game, I, 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 you know, I was a good shooter. But whenever I would miss a lot of shots, I wouldn't necessarily play. Or I wouldn't necessarily continue to shoot. I would you know, kind of dial back when I was mm-hmm. in college. Like, if, I'm, if I'd have a bad game, it'd be like one for six. I wouldn't go like one for ten. It was like, yeah. all right, I'm not going to continue to shoot all those shots. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, in my first Italian game, they told me to keep shooting. I went like two for 15 mm. in the game. It was absolutely just horrendous. Mm-hmm. And um, we proceeded to lose all three of our regular season games that Man. I played significant minutes in, which was, you know, very great for the confidence. And then uh, by that point, um, a lot of those guys started to get healthy again. We still backed into the playoffs somehow. We, you know, a bunch of other teams lost. So even though we lost those three, we were the last seed, eighth seed. They took the top eight teams. Okay. Eight seed going into the turn into the playoffs. Played the top seed Ferrara, um, and so it's a it's a best of five series. Um, Romain Sato was back, um, and and he Romain was a baller. I mean, he was just he ended up being one of the best players in Europe over the next five six years. Okay. Um, that was that was his first year in Europe. They got a steal. He had played with the Spurs the year before. Oh wow! I don't know how he ended up on this the second division Italian team. Yeah, he was yeah. just crushing it. And so anyway, we got him back, and then another one of our guys. So by the time the playoffs rolled around, like I, I actually wasn't playing that many minutes. Which, um, as I get to kind of the, the the actual story, it kind of made it fun because I was just sitting there observing it from the sidelines, like yep. what is going on here. But yeah. so anyway, we we go to Ferrara, we lose our first two games, uh, we come back home for game three, which is an elimination game for us. Uh, we had about a five thousand seat arena, jam packed. Um, everybody's pumped for the game. And we come out and we're just we're just hooping. I mean, we're we're just playing incredibly well. You are you are, are balling abroad. We are balling in abroad. Every sense of the sure. word, yeah, for sure, yeah. And every everybody everybody's into it. You know, everybody's making shots. It's just one of those games where everything's clicking. I think mm-hmm. we were up by I don't know fifteen or or something at, at halftime, maybe even more. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yep. And so we go in and it's just like. Uh, it's 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 great energy in the locker room. Everybody's pumped. You know, we're we're ready to go. Uh, we come out of the locker room and the arena is just dead silent. And everyone and we're sitting there like, what what is what is going on? What happened here? And we come to find out that uh, our team president was just so jacked up. He was getting everybody pumped up and just like you know waving his arms. And he had a heart attack <laughs> oh right my there. Goodness. Yeah, and he was fine. He 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 survived. But it was just like you know he had a heart attack right in front of everybody as he was getting. Uh, them all pumped up so they took him out on a stretcher we didn't know this we didn't see it and so you know it's a somber kind of atmosphere as we start the second half um the other team starts coming back a little bit and you know it's like we just can't regain that energy yeah it all of a sudden is back to it's probably like close to the end of the third quarter it's like a close game and um and they what happened we we drive in for no excuse me they drive in for a um uh uh no opposite we drive in for a shot okay. and one of their guys just clotheslines and it was this guy who just everybody hated he was kind of the villain of the league mm-hmm. and he just clotheslines one of our guys and takes him down uh our guy had like a bloody nose and at that point all the emotions just come out and the yep. place just erupts and and it just turns to pure chaos from okay. there and so so like our guy is getting tended to by the trainer then all of a sudden we look down at the other end and the opposing coach has a fan in a headlock and has given him face punches uh, right on the sideline. And apparently oh that fan God. had 
that fan had uh, had spit on the American on the other team, okay. and the fan and, and the coach just grabbed the guy in the headlock right away and started punching him. Wow! And and so so like a bunch of people go running over there to defuse that. Then all of a sudden, there's a huge fight in the crowd, and there's like a, a massive commotion there. And all of a sudden, you have police running out with like you know helmets on and shields oh and batons, goodness. and they're like you know surrounding the whole place and trying to break up random fights. And uh, our fans are going nuts. You have all these like all the advertisements that are surround the court. Yep. You know now you see all like the digital advertisements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean this was. It was in 2006, so there are all these like metal signs, yep. and our fans are just like knocking them over and oh. kicking them, and um, and it was just pure pandemonium. So they get everything set, kind of settled down, and how long does that take? Fouls. 15, 20 minutes. Uh, it probably was less than that. Who okay. knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe 10 ish minutes. Okay. Um, so we, we calm it down, and then and and, and the place is now just raucous, and it's just like it's on edge for the mm-hmm. rest of the game. So. Go through the fourth quarter, super tight game. Uh, game's tied. Go to overtime. And, uh, again, super close so throughout the five minutes of overtime. Go to a second overtime. This is the craziest um, basketball game I've ever heard in my life, hands down. It, it was nuts. Go to a second overtime, you know, still close game. Go to a third overtime. Oh, my God. And now in the third overtime, on, on, on Italian teams, you only uh, could have 10 guys on your roster. Okay. Um, and so in the third overtime, uh, with about three or four minutes left, their uh, sixth guy fouls out of the game. So they only have four players left. So we're, we're playing five on four now. They proceeded to score on us right away with four players. Wow. And so now we're now we're down by like six points. Another minute later goes by, a seventh player on their team fouls out. Wow. So it's it's five it's five on three now and we're down by like six. And they're like, still playing you know, the game, five on three? Oh yeah, you can you can play the game as is you know, if you start with five, as long if you have guys go out, you can you can play the game. Okay. And so so it's it's five on three. And again, they proceed to score on us right away. It blows my mind. Yeah, Ross, it's, this it's doesn't why, sound why, good for you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, to this day, like, if, if I show up to a youth game and I have four kids on my team, I'm like, yeah, you guys are going to do well because they're not going to know how to guard you. Yeah, let's go. It's like you got to actually work on, like, how, like, we had to call a timeout and figure out how are we supposed to guard everybody. Yeah, here. you're right. And, um, and so they uh, – they score on us again, and so it's, uh, you know, we're down again by, I don't know, seven points or so. And then uh, another few seconds go by, and our sixth player fouls out. So now we're playing four on three for the last two minutes of a professional basketball game, like high-level yep. game, playoffs, and just pure chaos. I think we ended, up losing, we ended up losing the game finally. I think the final score was like 124 to like 120. Okay. Uh, Romain Sato had 47 points and 19 rebounds. Did he foul out? Um, he fouled out, I believe. I think he was our last one to foul out. Okay. Um, and pure chaos game in, so everybody's just still jacked up. We go. Um, oh my gosh! Done, this yeah, story go, is not over. You know, we go. Wow. We go to the locker room, and and our like our radio guy who was, I mean, he he couldn't have been more than five five, 120 pounds. <laughs> okay. And and he is trying to fight the guy who clotheslined our guy, who's like six nine, probably two thirty, mm-hmm. and he is just up. going berserk. Yeah, he actually like jumped on him at first. That was how it started, and then everybody breaks him up. And I mean, this guy was just like throwing a conniption fit, just going absolutely insane. Okay. And uh, anyway, finally got them separated. 
We went in the locker room, just like, what just happened right there? Mm -hmm. I remember one guy was like, I can't believe they scored on us when it was 5-on-3. I was like, yeah, I I can't either. But uh, that was it. That was the end of the season. Proceeded to go home a couple days later, and that was my first experience in Europe. Man, I... uh... I'm just trying to sit here and figure out what was the craziest part of that story. You getting scored on three <laughs> on five, the headlock with the face punches. I don't – that could be the craziest basketball game I've ever heard in my life. That was nuts. Wow. That was nuts. It was a great, great, great introduction to European basketball. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. It was, it, uh, interestingly enough, we just got done with a podcast last week talking about fan behavior and what we think is appropriate or not. I, I don't think those rules apply overseas. From what I'm hearing from, from our, our co-founder, Brendan, talking about his time in Thessaloniki, which I believe I'm pronouncing correctly, yep. and those crazy fans, doesn't sound like fan behavior is much of a thing uh, <laughs> over there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. And as you get to the, the farther southern European places, like it, I, I would say, you know, well, I should say Eastern too. So your Greece, you know, Italy fan, Italian fans are mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Eastern European fans, Spanish fans were actually not so not so crazy. They were pretty subdued. I mean, yeah. Spain is so so laid back, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody's like they they would cheer and get into it, but it wasn't as 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 nuts. When but you have yeah, the Italians, it helps in the middle of the day. That's right. That's right. I mean, everybody should take a two hour siesta in the yeah. middle of the day, yeah. but. Um, you know, when that happens, it's definitely nice. But yeah, the Italian fans are, I mean, the Italians are just on edge, you know, in general. They're just, they're just a little high strung at times. So man, that's insane. Um, Well, Ross, I I appreciate you, man. You thoroughly entertained me. Um, I had Logan sitting across from me during this podcast and I was looking up at him in shock quite a few times throughout that story. So thank you for the entertainment, (laughs) man. Thank you for joining the podcast. Uh, of course. Any, anyone out there listening, we got more ball and abroad stories coming your way. We have stories from all kinds of players from all kinds of countries. So, Ross, thanks again for being here. And everyone out there, please stay tuned for more content. Yep, thank you.